This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Y'all... Yeah, memoirs up on the docket today. Obviously, um, for those who don't know, I say obviously, and then I'm like, for those that don't know, I don't know what that means. For those that don't know, I have written two memoirs. <laughs> um, Running with a Police Escort is about my experiences as a slow runner. Reading Behind Bars is about my experiences as a prison librarian. Both are available through Overdrive. Um... <laughs> Obviously, then, I was very excited to talk to my coworker about other memoirs. That's where I was trying to go with that whole thing in the beginning. It didn't quite work out, but now we're all we're all caught up now. So my coworker Jenna came on talking about memoirs. Um, we got we got a little bit of everything, you know. We got a little bit of everything here. We got some food memoir. We got some celebrity memoir. Um, it's just, it's it's a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of everything. So I'm really excited for you to listen to this. Um, and, you know, if you have a favorite memoir, I would like to, I enjoy memoirs, obviously, as a writer and a reader. So if there are some memoirs that you've truly enjoyed, you know, you can go ahead and email. Email me professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com and, and let me know what you think. Our website is professionalbooknerds.com. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and the clock app, TikTok, at probooknerds. And again, our email is um, professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. So I'm, I'm super happy Jenna came on and we, we had a good chat about um, all these really awesome memoirs. I hope you check them out. And, you know, I I keep saying it because I want to make sure nobody forgets. We are coming up on the end of the year, folks, which means if you have not turned in your 2021 PBN reading challenge, you should get on that. You can email it, send it via DM on social However, how, whatever it takes. Maybe not snail mail. That might not be the best uh, way to do it. But other, other, all other alternatives will work. So with that, I'm going to stop talking and let you listen to this memoir-filled episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. <music> Hello. So excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. This should be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about some memoir and biographies, um, which we have not done on the podcast. If we've done a dedicated episode, it was a long time ago. So, so this should be a lot of fun. Um, just, you know, books by people about themselves, books 
notify people about other people. Um, it's it's going to be a good mix. So I guess, you know, when um, I had asked sort of like what genres you were interested in and you mentioned memoir and biography, I'm curious, like for you, where does that interest come from? Like, what is, what is it about those types of books that you like so much? Yeah. So normally I'm a fiction diehard. I love my fantasy. I love my horror books. But there's something about like memoirs and biographies that I like because um, it's like you get to connect with total strangers through their writing. Um, you know, I love reading like celebrity biographies because sometimes I read about their experiences. I'm just in awe. It's like, okay, you've done like these crazy things and you've had these experiences. But at the end of the day, sometimes they talk about things. It's like, but I totally relate to you, even though you have this life that's so different from mine. So I, I love reading about, you know, just people yeah no that's a I I like that idea of like connecting with them because yeah even when you do read big celebrity memoirs or something there might be something where they've had an experience similar to yours and it's just like that moment where you just yeah there's that connection there which is which is nice and fun to have yeah yeah so my first one um we'll get some get some book recommendations as always for our listeners um the titles will be all in the show notes so you don't have to write anything down um but i'm going to start with somebody's daughter by ashley c ford so ashley um is a also a podcaster she's a writer she's written all sorts of essays and things and this was her memoir that came out earlier this year um i loved this book so much (laughs) Um, I was like, I don't usually make notes in books, but this was one of those examples of like connecting, like there's just moments in this book where I'm like, I've had that exact same experience and I'm like highlighting parts in the book. Um, but she grew up in uh, poverty and her, um, dad was in prison for much of her life. She was raised by, um, her mom with her siblings. And this is just sort of, you know, about her relationship or non-relationship as it were with her dad um, and just sort of growing up um, basically as like an elder millennial like myself (laughs) and um, her relationship with her parent, her mom, her relationship with her extended family, um, her relationships with um, the men in her life. She, um, she is uh, sexually assaulted. Um, She talks about that and it's just, it's so well written. And, um, it's just, it's such a good book. I can't recommend this enough. Um, it's sometimes difficult to read just because of like, she goes into some of the details about what happened to her, but just sort of, um, reading about her experiences and how she, you know, with her family and the relationships there and being a, a, you know, black girl in the Midwest and incarceration and it touches on a lot of really good topics but I absolutely love this book wow that sounds so good actually (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna have to add that one to my TBR for sure there you go there you go (laughs) cool um well the first book that I wanted to talk about is more of a recent read for me um and I I had to read it because everybody was talking about it and that's Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey um I read it over the summer and at first I was like okay I'll grab the ebook you know I'm sure there's a bunch of cool photos in there but then I found out that Matthew McConaughey actually reads the audiobook 
So I had to listen to the audiobook and I listened to it probably over like a day or two. Like I totally binged it. <laughs> um, but really, this is just a memoir about Matthew McConaughey's life. Um, you know, as many people know, he had a very unconventional life. Um, his um, upbringing was a little different where his family, you know, they consider themselves kind of outlaws and they kind of went against all the rules. And I think that's something that Matthew McConaughey still does to this day. Um, but pretty much he kept diary entries, he wrote poems, and he, he wrote what he called prescriptions. Um, and they just kind of talked about good times, bad times, but mostly life lessons. Um, you know, one of my favorite stories from the book was about how he got arrested <laughs> um, at his condo at two in the morning because he had a couple drinks and he was playing the bongos too loudly. And I'm like, who? <laughs> what does this even happen to? <laughs> um, but it was just so enjoyable to read. Um, and then, you know, he also talks about green lights, uh, which is the name of the book. And these are basically, you know, states of success for him. And the universe's way of saying like, okay, go ahead. You're on the right track. Um, and it was just really refreshing to read. And I kind of started looking for like green lights in my own life. Like, all right, the universe is saying this is good. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, he's, he's lived a wild life. He's had a lot of lessons on the way. And this is a book that I would highly recommend. I love Matthew McConaughey. He's and so I, interesting. He's <laughs> so interesting. And he also seems just like very chill. Like yeah. he seems like a lot of his characters that he plays just feels like it's just like Matthew McConaughey being Matthew McConaughey. It's just him. <laughs> Plus, I love his voice. I could probably listen to him read anything. So yes, <laughs> an audiobook about his life. Uh, that sounds great. <laughs> um, my next one is Yours Cruelly, Elvira by Cassandra Peterson. This feels like a good one for October. It's spooky season. And of course, like Elvira is Elvira. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I remember, uh, so yeah, this is just sort of a, um, a memoir of, Cassandra Peterson, the, the actress who plays Elvira, um, who, if you are not familiar with Elvira, she's um, this, like, the queen of Halloween. She has, like, big black bouffant. She wears this black dress. Um, she would do a lot of late night stuff. And uh, if you've ever seen Cassandra Peterson, like, outside of Elvira, it's, she's just, like, this very normal looking white woman she's like kind of petite with like red hair and I remember the first time I was like that can't be the same person there's no way <laughs> um but uh when she was younger um she uh had reached for some hot water um boiling on the stove and ended up with burns covering like 35 percent of her body um yeah and so at the time, the prognosis wasn't very good, um, but she survived and she sort of thrived and, and it impacted um, obviously her life, but it stayed with her and became an obstacle that she was kind of determined to just like completely overcome. And, and she always felt like a misfit. Um, and that kind of led to her love of horror because you have characters like Frankenstein and Dracula who have those you know, disfigurements. Um, and she also idolized Vincent Price and sort of as 
that sort of all came about and how she sort of created this, this character of um, Elvira who on to um, be like world renowned in, in the horror world. Um, and I just, I love Elvira and I love Cassandra Peterson. And so just sort of like reading about how, how this, this sort of came to be, you know, and um, she's just like Midwestern girl. And she's like, just went on to become this very well-known spooky, creepy uh, woman, um, which I love. So it's so it fun like to read. She's an icon. She's an icon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, yeah. It's <laughs> awesome. Cool. Um, well, my next book is actually going to expose one of my guilty pleasures. <laughs> so hear me out. Okay. I love wrestling. And I mean, like old school WWE wrestling. <laughs> Like I was one of those kids in the nineties that like stayed out to watch Monday night raw. And I still watch it to this day. Um, so two of my favorite wrestlers are actually Nikki and Brie Bella, the Bella twins. And they wrote a co-memoir called incomparable. Um, and this book just, just fits so many boxes for me. Um, and, and this is a book where even if you're not totally into wrestling, you know, I, it's not, everybody's cup of tea. Um, it's extremely relatable. Um, so, you know, they talk about their upbringing and, you know, dysfunction in their family and, um, you know, Nikki deals with assault and kind of going through that trauma. Um, but then they also talk about, you know, their introduction to professional wrestling and becoming entertainers while still trying to find your identity um, as individuals since they are twins. Um, you know, there are certain expectations for twins in the entertainment industry, but, you know, they're still individuals. Um, and, you know, they talk about being entrepreneurs. They both have started their own businesses from the ground up, from clothing lines to hair care products. Um, and it's just really cool to see, you know, how they can upbringing to be like these moguls that they are today. Um and they talk a lot about, you know, struggles that they got, they went through to break barriers and diminish stereotypes of women in wrestling, because it was always very much so, you know, you have to be pretty or, you know, you just walk the male wrestlers down to the ring. And they really broke the barrier um, and showed, you know, I'm strong. I can do everything else that these men can do. Um, you know, they're survivors, they're heroes. And as Nikki Bella would say, they're fearless. So whether you like sports entertainment or not, um, this book is actually really uplifting and empowering and it's always at the top of my recommendations list. I, I know nothing about wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> that does sound really good though. That does, yeah. Uh, and I like the idea about, and I feel like whatever limited knowledge of wrestling I have is very male centric so I like the idea of reading about like women wrestlers absolutely they started what they call the women's revolution to basically say we're more than just here we're strong we're independent and they really made a huge difference so it's cool to read about it like I said whether into wrestling or not I think it is relatable so yeah for sure uh my next one is broken in the best possible way by Jenny Lawson so Jenny 
writes a blog. She has for many years as the bloggess. Um, I love her blog. She's, she's very transparent and honest and vulnerable, specifically about her um, history with uh, depression, um, which I 100% can relate to. And so broken is um, her way of kind of taking her readers along her journey of like dealing with her, her mental health and how it can sometimes affect her physical health. Um, and I feel like it's one of those books that if people don't experience anxiety or depression or any of that, it can kind of be hard to explain or kind of be hard to understand what it's like. And one thing I, I like about her, um, is again, like how completely honest and transparent she is about them. Like I know on her blog, she's, she's talked about, um, like when Alan Rickman died and her husband knowing like how upsetting this was going to be for her and just like bringing her coffee in bed. And her husband is also in the book, of course, and just like this really supportive partner. And, um, she has a way of just making you laugh, even when talking about heavy topics, like, like depression and, and what that's like. And I love all of her books. Um, she's just a delightful person. And again, I think like I, it is one of those things where I'm like being able to see myself in that book, um, and, and finding someone who can sort of like make it relatable and sort of humanize it in a way is, is great. So, yeah, I was going to say, it's like, that's one of those books where it is relatable, you know, and not many people talk about anxiety and depression very openly. Um, so, you know, to hear that she's, you know, completely transparent, you know, I've read another Jenny Lawson book. So, um, I think that's awesome. Yeah. She's, she's fantastic. I love her. Cool. Um, my next book is actually today, not out yet, by the time this is out, it will be newly released. Um, but it is one of my like highly anticipated reads of the year. And that is Unprotected, a memoir by Billy Porter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, as I soon am... as I saw this was coming out, I was like, I have it. <laughs> I'm so excited for this one. <laughs> I'm so excited. So, you know, Billy Porter, we, we kind of see who he is today and he's, he's an icon to a lot of people. You know, he's won Grammys, Emmys, Tonys, um, but it wasn't always easy for him growing up, especially, you know, when he was growing up, he grew up in Pittsburgh um, and he was a gay black man and that wasn't easy. It wasn't always accepted. So he struggled with that a lot. Um, you know, he was criticized, he was bullied, you know, just for being himself. And he was even sent to, you know, a camp for, you know, like a conversion type camp. Um, and it was really hard for him to try and find his own identity and really be okay with himself. Um, so, you know, this book really touches on the struggles he had growing up and kind of learning his own talents and learning to be successful while going through his own trauma, really. Um, and, you know, kind of how he healed and, and found his voice and became the icon that he is today and just an overall inspiration. I know, like, personally, anytime there's any sort of award show, 
I'm like looking on the red carpet. I'm like, what did he wear? I need to know because <laughs> it's always so good. So this is one release. I can't wait for as soon as I saw it. I'm like, I have to read this. It is not an option. So. <laughs> yeah, his fashion sense is impeccable. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> so dramatic and just, but like in the best way possible. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, yes, there was a clip. I can't remember. It was probably from the Tonys, but um, uh, I think James Corden was um, hosting and like, during like a commercial break or something he like went downstairs like into the audience and was having like asking actors just like randomly sing songs (laughs) and I'm pretty sure Billy Porter sang something from Gypsy and uh just like completely without any like preparation or whatever just completely uh rocked it and I love Billy Porter so much same (laughs) Um, so my next one is, is another singer and that is, um, this book is the storyteller by Dave Grohl and, you know, Nirvana and the Foo Fighters. And, um, he's written a memoir just sort of about his life, um, in music. Um, and it just came out, so I haven't had a chance to read it yet. And I think he does the audiobook. Let me actually double check. Oh, that would be uh, <laughs> he does. He does the audiobook. Yeah. So this is definitely on my this on my my TBR. Um, because I I I love his music. I love what he has done with his music, and I'm interested to hear. Honestly, I'm interested to hear stories about Nirvana. Like I I want. <laughs> And I feel like he knows that, you know, like he's done the Foo Fighters, he's done all these other things, but I feel like Nirvana is, is sort of where he kind of got his first start and they were so young when they did Nirvana and then everything with, you know, Kurt Cobain and, um, I'm, I'm really excited for this, this book. Um, and just hearing all the music stories, like behind the music, it'll be great. (laughs) I love music biographies, especially like Dave Grohl because Foo Fighters is so big. I feel like people forget that he was even in Nirvana and it's like one of the biggest of all time. (laughs) I think people do too. I think people do too. And I think it's because, you know, he wasn't the front man. Um, And then everything obviously was sort of, you know, overshadowed by what happened with Cobain and then everything after and yeah I think it's easy to forget that he was he was indeed in Nirvana (laughs) so again it just came out I haven't read it but it's definitely 100% on my TBR and it does look like he does the audiobook so I may have to to get the audiobook for this one I'm gonna have to add that to mine as well (laughs) (laughs) oh cool so this book okay it is a couple years old but it is a new read for me so I thought it would still be <laughs> worth sharing. Um, it's a book I really enjoyed, and I personally think it's underrated. Um, but it's called Small Fry, a Memoir by Lisa Brennan Jobs. Um, so this is actually a book written by Steve Jobs' daughter, um, which was really interesting because I've read books about Steve Jobs, and he is a very interesting man, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Um, so I was really interested in reading this book and kind of seeing a different perspective of him, you know, coming straight from his daughter. Um, You know, he wasn't really present in her life when she was growing up and, 
he wasn't always the nicest person. Um, he was very unpredictable and he could be very cold, you know, he even for the longest time denied that she was even his daughter, you know, um, but over time, you know, she talks about how they gained that relationship and he kind of started to take interest in her and she, you know, grew up in a, an apartment with her mom and a very, you know, unconventional life. And he brought her into his Silicon Valley tech mogul life of Steve Jobs. Um, it, it talks in a lot of detail about both of her parents. Um, they were both very complex people. Um, and it's also a little bit of a love letter to, I would say, the 70s and the 80s in California. It's extremely atmospheric. So it, it just, I fell right into this story. And Steve Jobs, I'll read anything about him. He's just such an interesting person. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this one really pulls you into the scene. It's, it's very honest. It's very raw. Um, and it's a very unique perspective of the life of Steve Jobs would have been like growing up with him. Yeah. I, I read the one, um, big, I think it's the Walter Isaacson biography about Steve Jobs and, and yeah, um, his relationship with his daughter was, uh, complicated to say the least. (laughs) (laughs) but but I uh, that's interesting I don't think I knew um she had a a book I feel like that would be an interesting um perspective on on Steve Jobs because he he was quite a fascinating person um but a a complicated man (laughs) yes very um so my next one is The Babysitter by uh Liza Rodman so I, I like true crime. Um, and this is somewhat reminiscent of, um, Andrew rules classic or, um, uh, and rules classic, the stranger beside me, because, um, when Liza was young, she grew up on Cape Cod in the 1960s and her mom worked, um, all the time. She worked at a, a motel during the day and then she was a dancer at night and she had a babysitter who, um, you know, would watch her while her mom is working. And, you know, when Liza knew when she was a kid, he was, he was a good babysitter. He was like kind, he was fun. Um, he, he was the handyman at the, the motel where Liza's mom worked. And so her mom knew him, um, every, no, no problems. Turns out he was actually a serial killer and she had, oh, no idea. oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so his name was uh, Tony uh, uh, Costa. Um, he he was a he was a serial killer, and um, he would like bury the bodies like on his property in the woods, and he would sometimes take her to those woods to play, and like she had no idea that there were like body parts there of the people he had murdered. Um, and he, his his case made headlines in the late 1960s but it was a long time before she really sort of made that connection between this this serial killer guy and this guy who had a babysitter who she had had like a fine relationship with when um she was growing up and so um her book is just sort of about her 
sort of that realization and that sort of disconnect that often happens with serial killers, you know, where they present um, one persona publicly who is all, you know, like the whole, like everyone loved 10 buddy kind of thing. And just very normal and nice and kind. And then they're out killing people on their like off time. (laughs) Um, But I think it's interesting that it's like sort of seen through the eyes of this young girl who she had no idea she would have had no reason to know. And he like, he worked with her mom and like all this stuff. And um, just, I can't even imagine what that would be like to sort of have that realization later that this person you knew um, from a prior part of your life ended up being a serial killer. I couldn't imagine. Like that sounds like the most wild story. <laughs> and like imagine if I mean like you're her mom too and you're you have no idea that you have a serial killer watching your daughter but he's I fine with her it's right. <laughs> I think it's also so like he's fine with the daughter like he's totally he's like yeah I'll, I'll watch your kid whatever and yet he has this whole other life out there oh my it's gosh just bananas <laughs> that is wild <laughs> Oh, well, my next book um, is called Come Fly the World, The Jet Age Story of the Women of Pan Am by Julia Cook. So I was immediately drawn to this one first just by the book cover. So pretty. Um, But I really love learning about 60s and 70s and kind of like what the lifestyle was back then and the history behind everything. Um, But during that time, one of the most sought after jobs for a woman was an airplane stewardess. Um, And that is what Julia Cook was, was, sorry. Um, But she wasn't working commercial flights. She was working on the Pan Am World Airways, uh, which ran from Saigon to Hong Kong during Vietnam. And a lot of the times the planes held soldiers that were straight off of battlefields. So this wasn't a normal stewardess job. Um, but to get the job, you know, this was started in the 60s, you had to have a college degree. And for a woman in the 60s, that was pretty rare. Um, you had to speak two languages, but you also had to fit like this physical appearance where you had to be between five foot three and five foot nine, between 105 pounds and 140 pounds, which is insane. And you had to be under 26 years of age at the time you were hired. So, you know, typical. <laughs> that sounds normal. That's fine. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, this was a time where stewardesses, they, they had to be women and they had to have a very specific appearance and it was their standard. So I, I thought that was really unique to kind of learn about and how much we have evolved even just from that. Um, but it's, this book is basically a retelling of really like extremely memorable stories and experiences of her time as a Pan Am stewardess. Um, You know, one of them was Operation Baby Lifts, where they had to evacuate 2,000 children from Saigon. Um, You know, I couldn't imagine, you know, experiencing something like that. Um, She also includes some other women that were on the flight, some other stewardesses, um, one of which was one of the very few Black women that obtained this job. Um, which wasn't really heard of for this time in the, in the 60s and 70s. Um, but the story is extremely unique. Um, it, it has a very unique historical backdrop 
but also talks a lot about feminism. Um, like even just, you know, this, the specifications to get the job, you know, compared to what life is like now and what these women had to go through um, to kind of, you know, sort of serve in this war a little bit. It was it's pretty crazy to read about. That sounds really interesting. And that cover is fantastic. So I, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what this is, I, but I need to read it. <laughs> yeah, no, I can see why that that cover would uh would draw you in yeah pan am is so interesting to me because it doesn't exist anymore and yet it's so iconic from that particular time period um and just thinking about how uh flights have changed um you know you watch like i watch a lot of mad men and i'm like those airplanes look comfortable (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's really cool is she does, or she has talked about, um, like some of the other stewardesses, they have like Facebook groups where they still keep in contact, which I think is so interesting, but it's like, what do you guys talk about? Like, <laughs> Hey, remember this one time? Like, it has to be, those have to be the most interesting conversations. <laughs> uh, I've, yeah. Those, I bet those are, yes, that would be, mm-hmm, yep. Um, <laughs> So my next one is The Boys by Ron Howard. Um, Of course, Ron Howard is Ron Howard from his and um, the Andy Griffith show. And his brother Clint is also an actor um, who frequently shows up in things that um, Ron directs. So I should say this is actually a book by both of them, but it's about their experiences growing up in Hollywood. Um, and especially for Ron, who was so young when he was on the Andy Griffith show and sort of going from that to happy days and having this huge career. Um, and it also created a lot of stress in his life. And then Clint um, had smaller parts that didn't quite work out the same way as Ron's, but um, they continued to work in Hollywood. And of course, Ron's daughter Bryce Dallas Howard wrote the foreword for this um and you know this is like one Hollywood family that doesn't talk a lot about what their family life is like they're pretty they're close but they don't um they aren't very publicly open about what their lives have been like and so this kind of goes this goes back and forth between Clint and Ron about their experiences and growing up in show business and um, you know, they grew up, I have a lot of people from the Midwest in, in this that I'm talking about. So they grew up in the Midwest, they were born and then their parents moved to California with them. Their parents who had like no experience in Hollywood and, but you know, this is what they wanted to do. And so they just like picked up their family and moved them. And, um, uh, yeah, I just, uh, it also just came out. So I haven't read it and I'm, I'm so excited though, because, I like like Ron Howard seems like just like a good guy and I like his movies and I like what he's done and like watching movies he's directed and spotting Clint it's like a little like game almost yeah (laughs) where is Clint Howard in this like he's um he's in the control booth in in um Apollo 13 I know he shows up in other things too and obviously he has like his own career outside of Ron Howard but um these two actors who've been in the film industry for so long um I'm looking forward to being able to kind of get a little peek inside what that was like for them 
That sounds great. I feel like everybody knows who Ron Howard is, but like knows nothing about him. Yes, exactly. Right. (laughs) That sounds really cool. Okay. So I have to be honest about this book. Um, I just started reading it this week. So it's very new. I haven't gotten all the way through, but it has been on my TBR since before it was released. Um, And then is Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zahner. Um, I feel like this is a highly anticipated book for a lot of people. Um, You know, if you check it out on Goodreads, it has fantastic reviews. Um, But this book is basically about Michelle growing up Korean. Um, She had a very complicated relationship with her parents. She lost her mother to pancreatic cancer, um, which was extremely traumatic for her. Um, And ultimately kind of about creating her own identity. Um, So, you know, she struggled a lot with her mother. Um, Her mom had extremely high expectations of her. Um, But she does remember good times. You know, she talks about being in her grandmother's tiny apartment in Seoul. And, um, you know, her mother and her would bond late at night over just like heaping plates of food. Um, So, you know, after her mother passes, um, she's really, you know, working on finding herself and embracing her background. And this includes food, um, you know, lessons her mother taught her and her language um, and just, you know, her background as Korean. Um, Now, this book has some like the most descriptive words about food in the most enjoyable way. (laughs) I will say that um, I, I love reading descriptions about food. I don't know what it is. Um, but it's also extremely heart-wrenching. Um, I'm not going to say I'm going to cry, but (laughs) if it happens, it happens. (laughs) Um, you know, this memoir, it's extremely personal. It's filled with a lot of emotion. Um, and it's a book that I believe, you know, anyone who's dealt with loss, like Michelle, you know, loss of a, a parent or a sibling, um, can really relate to. Yeah, I love food memoirs. And I think it's one of those things because food for all of us can be so personal in that it can really um, put you in a particular time or place. Mm-hmm. If you have like a memory attached to it. And so, yes, uh, being able to just like very to just describe that food. And especially if it's food from a culture that you don't belong to, like I am not Asian, I'm not Korean. So um, having, yeah, that experience of like being brought in through food is, is always so interesting to me. And it's, and it's fun to read those descriptions as well and get to know someone through what they describe and what, like what food they are drawn to. Absolutely. Especially Korean food because it is such a big part of just their culture. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I have one book left. This actually might be my, I think everything else I talked about was memoir. This is a biography. Um, it's called Susan, Linda, Nina, and Koki, and it's by Lisa Napoli. And this is about the, the, the subtitle is the extraordinary story of the founding mothers of NPR. I'm a big NPR nerd. I like pay like I'm one of their like (laughs) I'm one of their like sustaining members with like my like I 
give money every month. <laughs> My car radio is always sent to NPR. So when I turn it on, it's automatically on. Yes. Yes. Um, and so, you know, in the 1960s or in the seventies, when NPR came along um, prior to that, you know, women didn't have a lot of choices in terms of jobs. Um, in the sixties, it was a lot of like teachers or secretarial positions. There, there weren't options. Um, and so when NPR came along, it, it opened a door for women journalists in a way that hadn't really been open to them before, um, at least through like something like the newspaper. So these four women, um, Susan, London, Nina, and Koki (laughs) are very familiar names to NPR listeners. And they, um, had this very deep friendship as like the first like four women who like blaze the trail for all of the other women on NPR now. Um, you know, Susan Stamberg lived in India with her husband and she'd worked for the state department. Um, Linda Wertheimer was a daughter of shopkeepers in New Mexico. And she kind of like fought her way for a scholarship to for a spot on the air, Nina Totenberg, the network's legal correspondent. And then of course, um, we have Kogi Robertson, who doesn't really need much of a, <laughs> uh, <or> Kogi <laughs> Roberts, not Robertson, Kogi Roberts doesn't really need much of a introduction. Um, she's sort of a, a big political person even now. And I, again, like as an NPR listener, there are a lot of female voices on NPR, which I love, but I love learning more about the women who really started that and made NPR what it is today as a big NPR nerd. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Cool. Well, my last book, I don't know if you technically want to call it a memoir or biography. I like to loop it in there because it's how I like to read it. Um, but it's be a work in progress and other things I'd like to tell my younger self by John Cena. So basically, I don't know if anybody follows John Cena on Twitter, but he likes to post uplifting or inspiring quotes on there. Um, and he created a book of these, um, you know, kind of like anecdotes and, and quotes based off of his own life experiences. Um, so again, I don't know if it's technically a memoir or biography, but it's the closest thing I'm getting to John Cena, so I'm counting it. <laughs> um, but sometimes, you know, it's just a reminder of, you know, just being yourself. And sometimes it's an inspiring quote to just keep going and keep pushing. Um, they're funny. They're very positive. The book has a ton of cute illustrations, which always pulls me into a book. Um I have a physical book here and like one of the quotes is, you know, never take yourself too seriously. We are all flawed and it is the flaws that make us beautifully unique. So, you know, these are all little tidbits of John Cena's voice. Um, And I love it. I I love reading this book. I'll open up one every single day just to get my day going and something just like positive and inspiring. And I just tell myself John Cena is telling me it. So... (laughs) Uh, yeah, I have to follow him now that I'm reading through his, his Twitter, uh, feed. These are, these are very, like, I could see how this would in like book form. Yeah. You just could like open to a random page any day and sort of have that as your, 
as your thing. This is great. And yeah. it seems like though, like reading these is such a juxtaposition to his character, the peacemaker. I'm like, oh my God. Like, this, <laughs> there's it, it this disconnect and it does not add up. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> Oh, that's, uh, that's great. Well, okay. That's a lot of books for our listeners. So that's a little bit of everything here. Um, so thank you, Jenna, for coming on and, and talking memoirs and uh, biographies with me. It was a lot of fun. Yes. I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen Podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Jill Grunenwald and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 